0: This is African News Tonight on The Voice of America.
1: Hello and welcome. Welcome to African News Tonight from the English to Africa service of The Voice of America. Your source for pan-African news and world developments. I'm Yehiyus Uhib in Washington. Coming up on African News Tonight.
2: Africa has come together to say, silence the guns. And we did it within the pan-African context. With the African Union guiding there in South Africa with our brothers and sisters.
1: The Ethiopian political commentator Dr. Desta Migu praising Africa's efforts to mediate a ceasefire to the war between Ethiopia and its Tigray region. Details coming up. Also, 21 teenagers and children were abducted by gunmen from a Nigerian farm. The U.S. will exclude Burkina Faso from a U.S. Africa trade agreement. And activists in Cameroon say there has been a 60% increase in people applying for the U.S. Diversity Visa Lottery. We'll have these stories and more ahead on Africa News Tonight. We start with our top story. Security forces in northwest Nigeria's Katasina State are searching for 21 teenagers and children, most of them girls, who were abducted by gunmen from a farm Sunday and are being held for ransom. Timothy Obiezu reports from Abuja, Nigeria.
0: Katsina State Police spokesperson Gambo Isa said police have launched a joint rescue operation with the military and other security agencies in the state to rescue the missing persons alive and unharmed. He said the victims include 17 females and four males between 15 and 18 years old. They were working on a farm located between the villages of Kampanin, Melafia and Kumendoka on Sunday. When armed men invaded and took them away, Isa spoke to Vio via phone.
3: The local government area where the incident happened, we have um, uh, a unit of the military there, so, so we are working assiduously with a view of uh, rescuing the. The victims alive and uh, on hope by the special group A local
0: security chief told Reuters news agency that the kidnappers are demanding about sixty eight thousand dollars in ransom. Such large scale kidnappings have become all too common in Nigeria over the past two years, with armed gangs known locally as bandits abducting scores, even hundreds of people at a time, and demanding huge sums for their release. In December 2020, more than 300 pupils were kidnapped from a boy's secondary boarding school in Katsina State. They were released after a week in captivity, and the government insisted no ransom was paid. The kidnappings and general insecurity have sparked criticism of President Muhammad Buhari and the government. Officials say they're doing everything they can to keep Nigerians safe. Timothy Obiezu for VOA News, Abuja, Nigeria.
1: Neither Eritrea nor regional forces allied with the Ethiopian army took part in the peace talks between the Ethiopian government and Tigrayan rebels, and it was unclear whether they would abide by the peace agreement that was finalized yesterday in South Africa. For more, VOA's Douglas Mpuga spoke with Hussein Keflu, a political and social commentator. It took me by
3: surprise because. Uh... I did not think that uh, they would come to this agreement, especially when uh, the peace talk was protracted, just like the war on the ground. I've given up hope uh, on it, but then it took me by surprise. But it doesn't mean that um, everything is settled now, but at least there is some hope, at least, you know, even if uh, temporarily that uh, the bombing, uh, the fighting, the killing of civilians have, have stopped, It means uh, a great deal for the ordinary people. But will it hold as it's envisaged to be a lasting peace and cessation of hostility permanently? That's another question because uh, we have seen, uh, as they say, the devil is in the details, and it's not a platitude, and whose validity can be proven by numerous peace deals that we had seen previously and uh, which had been broken soon after their signing. So would this peace deal in Ethiopia be any different than the South Sudan peace deal we had seen and which was broken soon after the signing? So would this peace deal in Ethiopia be different? Uh, That's my question. Because the nitty gritty, the way to implement this this deal, uh, there are too many sticking issues. In your opinion, do you think uh, uh, the root causes of the conflict were addressed? Uh, no, I, I can't say that uh, because one good thing about uh, uh, this peace deal is that at least, you know, using the constitution they were citing, both sides were citing. It's after all, it's uh, this constitution is after all their own brainchild, especially TPLF's brainchild. So they went back to that constitution. That is status quo ante. It's good. But long term, this very constitution itself is the root cause of the problem. And unless they are planning to amend some aspects of the constitution, I think we would go back once again to the same problem. What would you say about the uh, absence of uh, Eritrea in this uh, deal? Yes, that's another curious uh, factor. Even though the, the document doesn't refer to Eritrea in name, indirectly, It talks about foreign incursion, that the federal government of Ethiopia will protect uh, the borders, international borders, and uh, it will ensure uh, security of the borders from foreign incursion. That tells me that it's referring to Eritrea. But why is it afraid to uh, refer uh, to Eritrea in no uncertain terms? It's like uh, being afraid of uh, the elephant in the room. And a day or uh, two days before the signing of this, Agreement. There was uh, a strong rumor that uh, the Eritreans, uh, posing as Ethiopians, they were being planted in uh, in the internal uh, state structure of Ethiopia, like in the intelligence areas. Uh, even they were appointed. So, how is it going to be implemented? You know, with the uh, with the way Eritreans are interfering in the internal affairs of Ethiopia, the way they are waging this war uh, in Tigray, and how are they going to withdraw? And um, yeah, so why the mediators? You know, they're talking about uh, African uh, solution to African problem. And yet, uh, Eritrea is one of the biggest problems in the Horn of Africa, and they are afraid to refer to Eritrea in name. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, how, when it comes to implementation,
1: uh, how this is going to be implemented. That was Hussein Kiflu, a political and social commentator, speaking with VOA's Douglas Impuga. World leaders and governments have welcomed the ceasefire agreement in the Ethiopian conflict. The acting director of the Africa Center for Disease Control, Ahmed Ogwel Uma, says his agency will send teams back to affected areas as soon as possible to deal with public health emergencies. African Union President and Senegalese President Macky Sall said it was excellent news and that he wants to encourage all parties to preserve on the path toward permanent peace. In Kenya, President William Ruto welcomed the news, said he applauded Ethiopian Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed and the leadership of the Tigray for their bold step towards restoring peace in Ethiopia. United Nations spokesman Stephen Dujarek said Secretary General Antonio Guterres was pleased with the agreement.
4: This is very much a welcome first step, uh, which we hope uh, can start to bring some solace Uh, to the millions of Ethiopian civilians that have really suffered uh, during this
1: this conflict. In Washington, State Department spokesman Ned Price said the United States will remain engaged with all parties.
4: What we will have to see is follow-through, and the United States will be there. Uh, We will be there to continue working with the African Union. They will continue to lead this process.
1: Joseph Borrell, European Union foreign policy chief, said the EU encourages the parties to launch broader political talks and said the EU stands by the victims of the war and atrocities committed by fighters. Borrell went on to say it is important that victims see the justice as brought to the perpetrators of such crimes. You're listening to African News Tonight on The Voice of America. I'm Yeheyes Wuhib in Washington. Please note, we have moved our programs from voanews.com to voaafrica.com. There, you'll find all your favorite VOA radio and TV programs and a whole lot more. Find us on voaafrica.com. Some experts say... The Arab League Summit provided an opportunity for Algeria to showcase its leadership in the Arab world. It's already had established itself as a major oil and gas producer, perceived by European nations as a key supplier amid the global energy crisis that stems from Russia's war in Ukraine. William Lawrence, professor of international relations at the American University in Washington, expressed a different opinion in Algeria's stance after the summit to VOA senior analyst Mohamed El-Shanawi.
4: No Algeria historically has been a major leader regionally and even globally. And it tries to live on its laurels of its past achievements and to claim leadership when it really doesn't do a lot more than other countries in the region, you know, on these issues. You know, as far as it's an energy supplier, Algeria has sort of a Goldilocks strategy of honoring its contracts with European countries, particularly Italy and Spain, and not doing too much to either decrease which would help Russia, or increase, which would help Europe, of uh, the gas supplies. Algeria's desire here is to prove that it's a reliable partner to all those with whom it has gas contracts. And it is a, you know, a middle-level power with this glorious history and, and a potential of playing a leadership role. But, um, but Algeria doesn't really lead like it used to. You know, maybe it could in the future, I hope so, but, but that's not really what's going on here.
1: There was no mention of any summit efforts to bridge the gap between Algeria and Morocco, while the Algerian president called for Arab unity as a goal for the summit. Your thoughts? There was
4: no significant progress uh, on, on either front. What's, In my opinion, what's going on here is more defense than offense. So, The Arab League is defending Palestinian rights without proactively coming up with a common position of significance or solution for the problem vis-a-vis Israel. You know, it's defending to some degree, the food and energy insecure citizens in its region without investing enough to increase self-sufficiency in food or energy and resiliency. It's defending against the effects of climate change without doing enough collectively to address climate change. As for Western Sahara, it's impossible for the Arab League to do anything because its members are strongly divided over how to support Morocco or the Sahrawis. Uh, In all of the areas that you asked about, there are Individual countries showing leadership in particular areas, Morocco is a global leader in solar energy. You know Algeria is a leader in dealing with Sahel security and peacemaking in the Sahel. Tunisia is a leader in technology, entrepreneurship aspects of human development Libya' been able to do internal peacekeeping. The ceasefire holding and there's you know, strong counterterrorism there and, and they're getting their energy back into global markets. So, so all the countries are making sort of individual contributions, but that's not because of the Arab League. The Arab League is really just a collective talk shop and a coordinating body that doesn't usually make much progress in galvanizing collective efforts to address regional and global issues. Unity is great among the Arab countries, but What's important is is what you do with it. And the Arab League isn't and hasn't been able to go very far in advancing the Palestinian cause or any other cause. And when they do make progress, it's usually not because of the Arab League, but more because of the individual contributions of members.
1: But at least there should have been some mediation between Algeria and Morocco to end this hostility. Yeah, but that's not going
4: to happen through the Arab League format. About half of, or a third of the Arab League has basically peace and Israel and a new engagement with Israel. The other two thirds are holding out for more progress in, in helping Palestinians. And, and when it comes to Morocco's position, Morocco, because of the way the Abraham Accords unfolded, tied international recognition of Morocco's claims to Western Sahara to engagement with Israel in a way that allows Israel to sort of make a divide-and-conquer strategy towards the Arab countries' work. And so the holdouts, Algeria and the two-thirds of, of Arab countries, are stuck in a, in a position whereby they're holding out for improvements for Palestinians and not going to engage in Israel in a greater way until the Palestinian issue is taken seriously. And now it's linked to recognition of Morocco's claims to
1: Western Sahara. That's just created more division, not more unity in the Arab League. That was William Lawrence, professor of international relations at the American University in Washington, speaking with VOA's Mohamed Al-Shinawi. The United States will exclude Burkina Faso from a U.S.-Africa trade agreement. In making the announcement yesterday, President Joe Biden noted a lack of progress towards protecting the rule of law and political pluralism. The announcement comes after the Sahel state was rocked by two coup d'etats this year following anger at failures to stem a seven-year-old jihadist insurgency that has claimed thousands of lives. More than a third of the country remains outside government control. The U.S. has determined that the government of Burkina Faso has not met eligibility requirements under the African Growth and Opportunity Act, and Biden said his government will terminate the country's designation as a beneficiary starting January 2023. Activists in Cameroon say there has been a 60% increase in people applying for the U.S. Diversity Visa Lottery, also known as the Green Card Lottery. Thousands of people have been lining up at the internet cafes to apply for the program, citing a need to escape a poor economy and the country's separatist conflict. Activists are warning applicants to be aware of scams. Moki Edwin Kinzeka reports from the capital Yaoundé. Several dozen people, the majority of them
5: students, tap away on keyboards at a cyber cafe in Waikile, a neighborhood in Yaoundé. The owners say most of the applicants quit for long hours to register for the 2022 U.S. Diversity Visa Lottery. 29-year-old teacher Gertrude Tanlaka is among those entering the Visa Lottery she says she is searching for better economic opportunities
2: i just want to get out that is why i'm playing the american lottery my family has suffered a lot and this is a time for me to take care of them in cameroon i cannot do that. I work every day from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. And the remuneration is very discouraging. But in America, it will be easy. It is an opportunity to step out and change my life.
5: Tan Laka says her mother also signed up for the lottery to increase the chances of them succeeding. The Digital Rights Coalition, an alliance of civil society groups, Advocating for online rights and safety, says Cameroon's estimated 200 cyber cafes have seen a 60% increase in people applying for the visa lottery this year. They say this follows a sharp dip in 2021 due to the high number of US deaths from COVID 19. The State Department reports that entries to the American visa lottery program from Cameroon dropped to 151,000 last year, about half the number from the year before. Now, says the coalition, many people are hoping to escape economic hardship caused by high inflation and a separatist conflict in Western Cameroon, which has claimed at least 3,500 lives. Akaba James, the coalition's coordinator, says his organization is warning people to avoid scammers who charge money for unhelpful lottery advice.
2: There are thousands of fake sites, uh, fake people on YouTube providing advice about the DV lottery when they themselves have very little understanding of the process. Ensure that wherever you play the lottery, you collect your receipt and preserve it very well so that by the time the results are out and if you happen to win, uh, then you can proceed with the filling of your visa application form, the DS-260 and then eventually getting a second notification later and going for an interview and eventually paying your, your green card fee and traveling
5: the police says some scammers have been arrested, but are giving no details. Meanwhile, some cyber cafe owners have been charging illegal fees of between two dollars and seven dollars for each electronic entry for the visa lottery. Applications can be submitted for free at www.state.gov, as recommended by the U.S. Department of State. Jeffrey Presnell is vice consul at the U.S. Embassy in Yaounde. Speaking on local television channel STV recently, he said people enrolling for the green card lottery must have at least a secondary education. He also advised applicants to closely follow the rules spelled out on the document.
4: Another common mistake that we see is that applicants do not include all of the members of their family. And it's very sad because sometimes we see applicants that have won the lottery come, but they are disqualified because they did not list all of the members of their family. If you just have a fiancé, you should not list your partner on that application. He advises
5: applicants to only list the names of legal spouses or children who live with them. Moki, Edwin Kinzuka,
1: for VOA News, Yaoundé, Cameroon. In South Africa, the African National Congress has used its majority in Parliament to push through a bill that allows it to seize land without compensating honours under certain circumstances. Darren Taylor reports.
6: South Africa's third largest political party, the Economic Freedom Fighters, wants the state to confiscate land from whites to give to blacks. This, it says, will right the wrongs of the country's apartheid past, when whites were given the best land, especially for farming. The ANC has since 1994 given land to thousands of black farmers, but most of the farms failed because the state didn't provide enough financial support. Agricultural groups say mismanagement and corruption have also destroyed the ANC's land reform projects. The AFRI Forum Civil Rights Organization says land expropriation in any form will be disastrous. Spokesperson Ernst van Sale says the world's stronger economies do exactly the opposite. If you go look at the
2: the economy at the moment, a lot of their growth is coming from trade liberalization through protecting property rights, incentivizing entrepreneurs to start businesses and liberalizing their economy and not state centralized socialism, basically, where you just put more and more power in the state's hands and it doesn't really benefit the people at all.
6: He points to Venezuela and Zimbabwe, where land expropriation has sparked economic meltdown what i find interesting is in that un declaration declaring a part of the crime against humanity they
2: also declare targeting a racial group for land expropriation as a crime against humanity so we can't solve the wrongs of the past by committing crimes against humanity in the present i i I, it's a very
6: bizarre idea for me afri forum's position is that should a white farmer want to sell land black agriculturalists should be first in line but under no circumstances should the white farmer be forced from the land. Opponents of the bull also argue that taking land away from big commercial farmers and dividing it between thousands of small farmers will harm food production. But Dr. Peter Karungu, a Kenyan economist based in South Africa, says history shows this concern isn't valid. Kenya, Uganda... Tanzania,
2: Malawi. After independence, the theory was only commercial farm can do coffee, only commercial farm can do cotton, only commercial farm can do sisal, only commercial farm can do tea. But it changed. People are given 30 acres, 50 acres. We tripled production. Today, most of the fastest growing economy is where they are driven by small-scale farmers, the mechanical drivers are black drivers the people planting the people who are weeding give them 50 hectares and tell him this is your land we're gonna win 100 percent
6: if this happens karungu says the country's unemployment rate currently the highest in the world at 35 percent will drop by 10 percent within five years but he emphasizes the new food producers will need proper help from government not corruption racked programs and false promises the most supported system worldwide
2: is agriculture support system in the u.s or the european union they spend trillion to support farmers in the united states in 1990 when i was a student they were spending 280 billion to support farmers to make sure the farmers and the people in rural areas live at a better lifestyle
6: let's do the same Agricultural organisations are worried the government's going to dole out land next year to win support ahead of the 2024 general election. The ANC insists it won't do this and is dedicated to a just land reform process. For VOA News, I'm Darren Taylor in Johannesburg.
1: And that wraps up this edition of Africa News Tonight. Thanks for choosing the Voice of America. I'm Yeheye Suhib in Washington.